out of the park baseball is already the best baseball simulator out there and it's gotten even better with the release of their new perfect team mode perfect team is their foray into the ultimate team card collecting modes that have revolutionized the online experience for sports games if you already have ootp 19 then you have perfect team just go to the home page and click perfect team on the right hand side and you'll begin with your six starter packs to build the team. And from there, you can choose to open more packs or dive into the robust auction house and use perfect points to craft the team that you want. The depth of players is truly amazing with a card for every player present on an MLB roster, as well as legendary throwbacks like Babe Ruth, Walter Johnson, Cy Young, like Daryl Strawberry, Larry Walker, Manny Ramirez, all the way down to novelty players like Bob Euchre and Snuffy Sternweiss. That's right. I said Snuffy Sternweiss. That's a real player. Once you have your team, you build your lineups, you build your rotation, you pick the strategy that you want. You want to run a small ball team. You want to be a full sabermetrician. You want to be somewhere in between. You want to run an unorthodox. You can choose you know, how often that you're stealing, how often you're using shifts, the slowness or quickness of the hook for pitchers and relievers. A lot of detail there that you can set for the team and how it will run during the simulations. Uh, and once you set all that, you submit your team and the game simulates outcomes every 30 minutes from 9 a.m. to midnight central. Seasons run from Monday to Sunday with every day of the week covering a month and then Sundays covering the playoffs. Will you make the playoffs and be promoted to the next level or finish with one of the worst records in the league and possibly face relegation down to a previous level? Download the game for just $20 at ootpdevelopments.com and use code SLEEPER19 for a 10% discount at checkout. That's ootpdevelopments.com. Welcome to episode 648 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Thursday, February 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on? What's going on is, aside from, you know, the sick kid and other other family issues going on, uh, we've been having a lot of rain here. Oh. And the rain has subsided, and now ants are looking for a home Oof. and have decided Man. that my kitchen... Uh, is the best place for that. It just keeps getting worse there, oh, huh? Oh, jeez. I, I, I have, like, the only other time I've dealt with ants like this is when I was in the Army. I was, I was, uh, I did basic training at Fort Jackson, and the entire base is like an ant hill. Um, oh, so imagine doing, like, push ups and sit ups, but, like, this yeah, is, exactly. like, worse. Being on the ground. Inside my house, and, like, I, I cannot, someone left a plate. Uh, that was not rinsed off in the sink, and I came out at like four o'clock in the morning to go get a bottle for the baby, and just covered in ants. Just re- I, I, if anybody has seen some like inside like kitchen area like remedies for for ants to keep them away, please feel free to tweet me at Justin Mason FWFB. Now you say someone left the plate. What what was it you? I'm assuming it was either my brother-in-law or my daughter. And okay. So, like, one person I can yell at, the other is eight. So, uh, not really gotcha. fair to be, like, screaming at her. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, just let her know, but not not, not really, uh, you know, go over the top on it. You know, we kind of got the uh, the the my, my dad was a baseball fan, so we kind of got the three strike thing. You know, he'll tell he'll tell you politely a couple times, pick up your toys. Third time, he gonna yell at you. Mm. You know, if it's the same thing. See, up, I I would go stuff. to school and my dad would just get rid of toys. Like it <laughs> it was like if you do not put these away, these will disappear. Yikes. Okay, well, that would have worked. That would have worked. Like I said, first one, hey, pick this up. Cool. Didn't do it. Gonna need you to pick this up <laughs> or bring the dishes. Uh, dishes in our rooms were a big deal if we had basically the same thing, right? Not trying to get ants and, and stuff like that. So if we had dishes in our rooms, uh, that would uh, that would escalate. You know, again, third strike, you're out. And he's he gonna yell at you. But uh, you know what? Not gonna yell at this guy. I'm gonna, I'm diving right into oh the news. My God, One I, news bit. Yeah, this I'm is bringing it on. <laughs> well done. Um, Trey Turner might be a little antsy. He might have ants in his pants on the bases. He's gonna attempt 75 to 80 stolen bases. What? <laughs> what? This is peak spring training chatter, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't gonna happen. Please now, happen. It lets, I, again, I'm, I'm with more. you. Please happen. That would be amazing. But uh, well, how do you how do you approach bits of news like this? Because it's possible, right? When we hear say, uh, I can't think of one that's actually happened. So I'm going to use an example. This is not real. This this has not happened with this person. But it's a, it's a. Will it's Myers an remember he like tried, wanted to go thirty thirty and he I, ended up yes, going thirty twenty. Exactly that. Plausible. But let, let's say like Giancarlo Stanton comes in and says, I'm trying to get 25 bags this year. And we've seen guys like that say things like that. And we're kind of like, ha, that'd be great. I dream on that. That's fun. No. This, this is plausible at least. Is it going to happen? I would, I would bet against it or I certainly wouldn't put it into my projections for Trey Turner. But he has the speed and ability to do it. He's a 340-plus OBP kind of guy uh, and can be even higher. So what, what do you do with your, with your Trey Turner outlook when you see something like this? Which basically is another way of saying green light's fully on. If he's healthy, he's going. 75 to 80 SB attempts. Uh, what, what are we thinking about that for Trey Turner? I mean, I just smile and hope that it happens. I, I, I'm not going to... I've already got him as my number four overall player, so like I'm not gonna bust him. I mean, maybe do I do I put him over Jose Ramirez? I, I don't think so. I think I think this is amazing news. I hope it happens. Uh, hope that other people don't push them up their his uh, up their ranks. That way, I can still get him at the cost I have been getting him. Uh, you know, you know. For instance, I, I've got like the 13th pick in in TGFBI. I think maybe this news makes it impossible that he ever makes it there. Yeah. Uh. So, I I tend to kind of just uh, when I hear news like this, I I kind of pay attention, but I don't want to overreact because I know exactly the majority of other people are, are going to overreact and bust people up rounds, uh, not just like picks uh, and. Well, that, the beauty is you, you can't really push him up rounds. Trey Turner's already this, a first rounder. But does this make him the consensus number three or number four? Because we've been talking about since the sure. door injury, and like a one one tweet by Clay Link, um, all of a sudden it's Trout bets and who the hell knows? Yep. After that, so 
Uh, yeah, the, cur- the breaking ball stuff for Jose Ramirez kind of opened everyone's eyes on, well, why is Jose Ramirez the definitive three? If you want to take Jose Ramirez at three, I, I, I'm not shading that. It was, why is he the locked-in set number Because he three? was so good. and I, think, I know, but like... I don't know who year. I... Did I talk about this with you on air or off air? I, I think what happened was he was so good for so long, and then people's attention turned to football. Oh yeah, and you're you're right. You were saying you, you did say that on on air that yeah. his uh, his decline, the 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 big issues that he had because it was a second half situation. Uh, primarily, his worst month was in September, and people's attentions are turned. Not everybody, obviously, those still competing or some more focused in play in leagues like Joe and I think Bogman the Welsh both play in leagues. They like end this. it, yeah, they end in August. So for all intents and purposes, they didn't worry. They didn't, you know, they didn't need to oh my worry God. about it. If you if you ended in August, Jose Ramirez's season was like the was best. 288, 400, 597. So dang close to 300, 400, 600 mm-hmm. with 37 homers, 29 steals, 94 ribs, and 91 runs. Like that's insane. So if that uh, was so, like if that was your picture of him, yeah, no, no wonder he has been the consensus or was the consensus number three or number four player. I still think he should be. I, I understand the... And I've got no problem with that. Um, I've got no I, problem with you taking him. I, I My I have, only contention was him being locked. You can't take yeah. anybody else. No, and I, I think I think one, two are pretty well set. And then I think, I think yes. and I've said this, like three through 18, you could make an argument. It's pretty wide open, as it should be. You know, I like Aaron. I'm, I'm a big Arenado guy. Um, I do like Trey Turner, not not on the heels of this news necessarily, but even before that, he's somebody that I take pretty high. Lindor before his injury, of course, and now he has to move down at least a little bit. You want to go the pitching route and take Max Scherzer? I'm not going to give you hell on that. So th- I will give you hell on the Max Scherzer one. Why? Only because I feel like at number three, you're going to have a, a real slew of starting pitching still available when it comes back around to you in the second round. Whereas okay. so if you you're like in the, the back, hitter and yeah. get like a Nola, yeah, you get a Nola exactly or a Cole, uh, yeah. and then hit, take another hitter in, in you know in round three. I think it's okay, more let's, about let's do this. Yeah, Bloomfield took uh, Scherzer uh, with the sixth pick in labor. So which combo do you prefer, Scherzer Blackman, Arenado Cole, Ramirez Nola, Arenado Cole. Yeah, me too. That's my favorite one. That's Zach Steinhorn from BP. That's yeah. a hell of a deal. And so, and then that's the argument. It has nothing to do with. I think Scherzer is worthy of a number three pick, but I think the way you build your team that early, it's really hard for me to take Scherzer inside of the top six, seven, or eight picks. Okay, I can get I can get behind that for the reasons that you're stating. It's less about Scherzer and more about what's available to you in the second round, and thus team construction matters. Um, so that makes sense. But that's Trey Turner. Just a little tidbit there of news that is interesting. It looks like they're going to have the the pedal to the metal uh, as far as running with Trey Turner. And that's excellent news for us in the fantasy realm. And speed's already getting a lot of attention. So I could see this pushing him you know, to a firm three in a lot of drafts right now. I don't know that you can really make a case to push him. I, I do think Trout Betts should be the one to. I really think you're trying too hard, and frankly, 
being stupid if you go away from trout bets and in, in, in a standard setup you know some of you guys have different setups that heavily favor pitching and so then the scherzer really does come into play but but beyond that you're trying way too hard if you deviate from trout bets they are the definitive one too not only do they have sky high ceilings they have really really high floors and and we, we saw a bad floor yeah two years ago and he only had 262 and he was still great he went 24, 26, and 100, 100 with and the 264. We saw, we saw a trout floor when he got injured, and he was, yep. a, you know, in spite of that, he was still like a top 15 hitter. Exactly. So, so with, with what, don't 140, he went, he went 33, 22, 306, 442, 629 in 114 oh my God. games. That was his down oh my season. God, the dude. idea that, tr- like, I have a hard time when people take bets one, but I I can I can understand it. But to me, Trout is easily the 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 number one, and then Bets is easily the number two, and then yep. pick your poison. No, I'm I'm with you a hundred percent on that. Uh, let's get back into second base. We're doing part two, second base here, and we got some good feedback on having the more pointed questions about players as opposed to just wide open. Hey, what do you think of so and so? Obviously, with this being part two, we're going to get into some deep stuff here pretty quickly. And so then I did start to group some guys together, and you can just kind of pick your favorite. But let's dive right in here. And we are going to bypass some guys who we've already discussed, including Nick Senzel, who we discussed on the last podcast. That wasn't second base related. So if you are wondering where the next Nick Senzel talk is and you didn't listen to the episode with Joe, go back and find that. You'll get our whole discussion on Senzel. But let's start with Jonathan Scope because now we have an interesting range of seasons over the last three years. And, you know, we knew he was going to regress. He was an easy regression candidate. I hated him as a fifth-round pick, more just because I thought he was probably going to be like an eighth eighth to tenth-round type of guy. I did not think he was going to fall apart and be worthless. I just thought he was going to kind of meander back toward 2016. Well, he was he was awful. Scope hit 21 homers, 61 ribbies, missed some time, uh, 233, 266, 416. It was brutal. So... Do we get 16, 17, or 18 Jonathan Scope now that he's in Minnesota and locked and loaded for full playing time again? I think we get some version of the 2016 Jonathan okay. Scope. Uh, whew, this is hard because I've been a huge Jonathan Scope guy for a long time, but I, too, I believe at least, I was out on it last year. I'm not 100% remembering. Uh, his... To that, or his second half was definitely better than the first half. Uh, hit 240 as opposed to like 208 or something uh, in, in the first half. Uh, I I think he got unlucky on balls in play, though. This kind of profile you can has a wide range of outcomes, especially in the batting average department. So mm-hmm. these are one of those guys where I, I tend to like when the price is down because. I hope that I'm paying for the 230, 240 batting average and he pops and I get 270. Exactly. Uh, so, or Dream Season 293, which is what Scope did in 17. Exactly. So, uh, And I was all over Scope in, in, in seven, 16 and 17. So uh, I'm probably going to have some shares again. I probably I, I don't know where exactly he's going right now. but He is going. Jonathan Scope, you can find being taken uh, around pick 177, uh, which is about the 16th second baseman 
off the board. So a pretty That's fair a price. Pretty good for, price. Yeah, pretty you know, fair for what he did. Now he has a pretty. Um, uh, his, his he doesn't go too deep. His max pick in NFBC is two oh two, you know, so not even two full rounds from that average. So he's not slipping too far. People, you know, you start to get past that two hundred mark. People say, "Oh, I got to get scope." You know, he's he's too good to be dipping into like the two fifties, which I tend to agree with. I, I think I will buy back in uh, at this at this low price here for Jonathan Scope. The the only hard part is there are guys that are going behind him. That are very intriguing. The uh, you know the aforementioned uh, Nick Senzel going 226. Uh, as Drupal Cabrera, who is multi-position eligibility, and isn't he really gonna kind of just do what Jonathan Scope does anyways? He's uh, he's at gonna 231. Yeah, he's a pretty as Drupal Cabrera is a pretty good bet to just be the solid Jonathan Scope without that volatility. Like we've yeah. seen a pretty firm play three different positions for you. Bingo on your team, Jed Lowry. Like Jed Lowry is insanely going at two fifty six. No love for him, man. No love it's, for what it, he's it's done. ageism, and and I can totally. It's got to be and Metsism. There's some Metsism out there. Well, uh, there where... should be because like they have too many infielders. Like well, someone's I was thinking going more, to lose time. I was thinking more of uh, on the health piece where guys yeah. uh, just are always assumed that they're going to get hurt. That's now, if I Exactly. I, I recall, I believe that they've adjusted their training staff. Someone correct me if I'm wrong on that on Twitter at Spore, but I feel like they've they've made some adjustments there to get rid of some of the training folks that they've had in the past that uh, obviously did not have a, a strong track record by any stretch. Um, so, you know, Lowry's going to play, though. They didn't bring him in to not play. You're right. We're going to get to another one of their guys here in just a bit. But so your issue with scope isn't his price; it's the availability of others later, which yes. makes sense. Which means Let's I'll get... land on a few shares, but I'm not. He's not a guy that I'm targeting late. Yeah, he's not a full investment type of guy for Jonathan Scope. But we both believe he'll bounce back to something closer to a 16. And uh, you know, the 17 is still an upside that's there. But don't plan on it. Don't even really look at it. I would. I would really focus on uh, on 16 as what you're going for for Jonathan Scope. Does a 29-year-old Joey Wendell have any have any real upside here? Did we already see his best season in that in that rookie year last year? Mm, I think he has some upside. I just don't think it's sky high, and I have a hard time believing that we're going to see a repeat of a 300 batting average for him. Well, then what are we really getting? Yeah, I think you're getting a guy who could probably. He's got some speed. Go, yeah, 10, 10, 10 15 with like a 275. Okay. You my, know, my only that's coming concern... up too. We got, we, we got several of those guys. He's got great defense. He should play regularly. Yeah, the, the, the problem is what happens if the Rays decide, okay, this is their year. They're going to go for it. Uh, and they start bringing up people. You've got, you know, the, the law firm of Good low point. and low. <laughs> that have yep. to that are gonna have to come up at some point. They've got other guys in their system at, at the at the minor league level that could you know Keen uh, Keen Wong, brother of uh, Colton Wong, uh, he's been toiling around down there. Nick Solak is one of their top prospects. Uh, he's a second baseman but can play all over. Uh, Amelia Bonifacio is in there. he's back. He's in camp. Oh, I missed him. Uh, I think the one thing with Wendell, though, is, is his defense should keep him in some playing time. So he, he would maybe sure. bounce around 
and uh, you know further clap if something happened with one of those second base guys that they really want to call up, namely like a Brandon Lowe. And by the way, it'd be the law firm of Lewin Lau, which would make it more interesting, by the way, because it's spelled exactly the same, and then it would really just confuse everyone who comes in. Um, you know, they call and say, "Thank you for calling Lowe and Lau." They'd be like, "Wait, what? What'd you say?" Anyway, stupid joke. Moving on. Um, but if something like that, if Brandon Lowe really pushed his way up, then maybe Wendell goes to third pushes Duffy off and keeps Yandy Diaz from playing time. So I think his glove will help him, but you painted a pretty mediocre floor there. It's it's a high floor, low upside kind of play. And that's like, we're going to see so many guys like that number. Those numbers you just gave, I got five, six, seven guys coming Mm -hmm. up that are, that are going to be able to do. He's like an AL only play for me. Okay, I can get behind that for Joey Wendell, and he's going around pick 209. That's another part, too, is that uh, these other guys are going to be much cheaper, and they're going to do pretty much the same thing. Like I said, we've already discussed that was Drupal Cabrera twice. I already discussed Senzel. How much playing time does DJ LeMahieu get in New York? Ooh, that's a good question. I think he's going to get a fair amount. I think... Uh, they, they're, they're saying he is. If you're that kid who is like screaming on the sidelines of that spring training field... <laughs> Uh, you got to be highly invested in DJ LeMahieu. Uh, we don't want Manny Machado. <laughs> we have DJ LeMahieu, and he can play everywhere. <laughs> He's a real Yankee. Uh, He's a real Yankee. It, it, was, it was a miniature Ian Khan. It was just... Uh, Man, I, that's the first thing I thought was that <laughs> it was either his son or just like oh the my God, inner child it may have been. Yeah. We don't want Manny Machado. Yeah. That'd be like in Tom Brady. Hey, idiot kid. You don't think the Dolphins would love Tom Brady? Where do you think Roger Clemens came from? Where do you think, uh, oh, hello, Babe Ruth, Johnny Damon, get out of here. We can't bring in somebody that we hate. (laughs) Shut up, twerp. Anyway. Uh, I love how everybody's like, I love that kid. I hate that kid. Um, That kid's a punk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're talking DJ LeMahieu, though, and like I said, they've been talking up. You know, Aaron Boone has been saying – Super util. You know, we, we throw this around a lot. I, I admit that it's a crutch that we lean on, but it's it's apt and it paints the picture instantly when we when we compare all these super utils to potentially to potentially being Marwin Gonzalez. But that's what they're talking here. And I think he's a, a better hitter than Marwin Gonzalez. So if he does get the playing time, less power, but better like pure hitter. It, just to kind of clarify that on LeMayhew. But if he is bouncing in and taking time from Glaver, from Andujar, uh, from Tulowitzki, of course, um, and and they even suggested maybe some outfield reps for him. But I think it's going to be primarily on the infield for DJ LeMayhew. So if they get him that playing time, is this somebody that you're interested in? I think it all depends on the price, and I he let's see. He's going, uh, I got him at two forty four. Two forty four is not, but what's what's the range though? Because I think two hundred eight to three hundred two. Yeah, see, I think there's going to be a lot of drafts in which he drops closer to that pick three hundred mark, I agree. and that's where I want to kind of grab some shares because it, one, I, I definitely think to start the season he's going to move around quite a bit. But I have a feeling, and it's a feeling backed up by a lot of history, uh, that Troy Tulowitzki will not be in that lineup super long. And then Gleyber Torres moves over too short, and he becomes the everyday second baseman. So the everyday second baseman in New York, it could be money. 
gimme. Yeah, even because if he's I, I batting think, towards the bottom, which I which I would assume he would. Yeah, and I think his hitting's going to translate. Like I know that he's getting out of Colorado and all that. Um, and yeah, you we've know, been over this. Like people, people exactly. downgrading him because he's leaving Colorado. Well, sure, his away numbers. Yeah, no, the, the home numbers it. are going to come stupid. down, but the away numbers are going to come up. Uh, Bingo. So it's he'll. I I think the projections on him are maybe even a tad bit light. Uh, what do they have TJ Lemayhew for? G- give us give us give us your favorite. 349 412 12 home runs, 9 stolen bases is what the bat has and they're the highest on him. Okay. I I would say that that is closer to what I would expect from him. I just I don't know. Uh it almost it's going to be tough almost because feels light too. It just it's going to be tough because of that playing time, right? We don't know exactly what it's going to be, and, and if you and are if hoping, and if he's hitting in the bottom of the lower order, how often does he get a chance to steal? He's not a burner, anyways. So exactly. that's probably a decent projection uh, for him. But I think he definitely gets to 550 plate appearances, which you know, two of the four say that he would. Okay, so that's DJ LeMayhew. Uh, you know, spring training can be instrumental here in kind of figuring out what sort of playing time he gets and how they want to use him as well. So keep an eye on that. Um, you know, he should add positions if they do move him around. But then at that point, maybe you just take Marlon Gonzalez or ask Drupal Cabrera, who already have the positions, or somebody like an Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who we've already discussed, who actually has catcher. Um, but moving on, next one up is do 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 Cattell Marte, and there is some hype around a Cattell Isn't Marte. There, always? But, yeah, there is, but this this time it's around his pop. It's usually around the stolen bases, but this time it's around his pop because I think people have realized he's not a burner or or, or, or he doesn't fully utilizes speed That's he actually is, is he, pretty fast yeah he actually fast. is quite fast but he does not run a ton he has 28 stolen bases in 1548 plate appearances now this is the volatility of stolen bases if Cattell Marte stole 20 this year I'd be zero percent surprised even with the fact that he's never had more than 11 that's just how stolen bases can be it's not a situation where if you have speed you're always running mm-hmm. obviously if you have power you're you're usually you know you're you're hitting home runs, but with the speed, it's something that can just kind of be in your back pocket, and 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 take it's off. And if context, he does the context exactly. too, like would it, I would wouldn't be surprised this year if he goes off in stolen bases because Arizona's going to need to manufacture runs. Yeah, so let, let Cattell Marte run a bit. But like I said, the hype is built around his power surge from last year where he put up a career-best 177 ISO, which is minus average for those that don't know, really gets to the heart of of your extra bases. He had 26 doubles, 12 triples, 14 homers. Uh, 14 homers were not just a career high, but essentially double what he had done in 1,000 plate appearances before this. He had eight in his career before this. Now 14 for Cattell Marte, and it wasn't some gaudy homer to fly ball. It was 11%. So I think there is some reason for excitement here. I've always been an anti-Cattell Marte guy because he, he hasn't run and I just haven't seen it. I'm getting a little bit intrigued this year, and I think I want to jump in a little bit on Cattell Marte. Uh, pick 211, second base shortstop already coming in, should have a full-time role. I'm a little intrigued by this because I do believe that we could get like a 15-25 in a, in a you know high-case scenario there. That's not the projection, that, but that's the – Holy smokes, Cattell Marte did break out, and this is what he did. So where do you stand on on Marte? Hmm. 
I wish my browser was working a little better. Where, did, where does roster resource have them hitting in line? That's so funny, dude. It, it had to have been a roster resource thing okay. too because I also couldn't get the website. Um, I got to imagine it's it's high, higher end of the order though, but for some reason they are having issues because I couldn't connect to it either. I'm going to guess that they're going to have Cattell Marte high though because who would – yeah, I can't imagine. Who would be batting up there? Anyway, let me see where he was batting last year. Obviously, they've cleared some pieces out. He primarily batted. Cattell Marte was um, – it was spread around two, a uh, good bit of time at two, six, and seven. Those were the three spots that Cattell but Marte most Now we're minus not just Goldie but A.J. Pollock. So exactly. my question is, is he the leadoff hitter? Because – he walks at around a 10% clip at 9.3 mm-hmm. last year, uh, 11.4 the year before. He has speed in his game. It's just one of those things that we haven't seen it utilized. I think for for me, I don't see like a huge amount of power progression happening this year. Sure. That's why I only gave him 15. I, uh, that's not I, something I, I see going him, off. Yeah, I wouldn't even give him that much, but uh, I'd probably put him at like 12. But I think one... I think the batting average uh, could come up. Uh, his ex batting average uh, was higher than his uh, his actual batting average. Uh, he has he barreled the ball fairly well last year, uh, or at least made improvements in it. Uh, I think that we're talking about a guy that could hit 270, 12 home runs, probably 80 runs batting at the top of that lineup. The question is, what are the stolen bases? Are the stolen bases six like last year, or yeah. like does he take off? I here's think, the thing. I think uh, I'm quickly, going to take the gamble on it. I, I I'm looking now at, at a depth chart. I don't. I still can't get roster resource to bring up the lineup or projected lineup. I can't see why he wouldn't be one of the top two guys though, because uh, you got just catcher to right field in in order: Carson Kelly, Jake Lamb, Wilmer Flores, Eduardo Escobar, Nick Ahmed. David Peralta, Cattell Marte, and Steven Souza. I think you open Marte Peralta at the top. That's what I would do. That's that's exactly, that's exactly what I would what do there. Do. So, so in that case, yeah, I think I think if they if they allow him to run a little bit more, please, he could be such a dynamic fantasy player. And because he's going to add outfield, he's the starting center fielder for Cattell Marte. Mm-hmm. He already has second and short. So you're talking about triple eligibility, some real upside, and the price is not obscene for some of the hype that he's getting 211 i can i can deal with well, that and the beauty of it is one of his one of the hardest things for him in years past at least going into last year was like where does he play like they keep blocking him they keep bringing yes. in all these guys who can play different positions they've got to find ways of getting everybody on the field that's no longer the case we're, we're not worried about chris owings and and nick ahmed and uh, other you know other random guys blocking him from playing time. There's no reason he shouldn't get the 600 plate appearances, and I think he should steal at least 10 bases in 600 plate appearances, batting at the top of the lineup. And I think there's a ton of room for growth. So if he ends up going 12-20 next year as opposed to 14-6 like last yeah. year, I'm gonna be pretty stoked with like you said three positions of eligibility uh, gained or in season total. So. I'm I'm probably gonna have some shares of uh, Marte. I'm getting in on the Marte train here. Uh, I'm I'm a convert. Like I said, past I years. I will not get him in NL only tout though, because I'm sure Todd Zola will. I was gonna say Todd Zola, uh, and you know, tout uses OBP. He actually isn't a bad investment there. So if the mm-hmm. price is right, you should you should jump in. Oh, yeah. But you're right. Just, you know, uh, it probably will be pushed bid, up. Yeah. 
He's only 25, too. That's another good thing. So That's crazy. I'm, I'm in on this Marte train here. Uh, let's move over to north of the border and jump up to Toronto. And I'm, this little one's a little bit more broad because I don't, I just don't really know. Uh, for Lourdes Gurriel Jr., what's his upside? What, what, what do you really think he can do? He had a big flurry in July last year. He was cut cut short by injury. He wasn't very good outside of that hot streak. It's a small sample, so parsing an already small sample. Anytime you're taking 65 games and chopping it up, you're already in danger, so I understand that. Um, I just don't know what to make of him. He came over with some hype, 25 years old, uh, should have a full-time job for sure in Toronto. There's no reason they wouldn't play him, but what do you really think he can do here? Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm, This is a tough one because I think his name value still outweighs his on-the-field value. And, yeah. like, go look at the projection systems. They're all over the place. They Like, the projection systems have no clue. They don't know what to do. <laughs> like, you know, they have 75 games, 126 games, 75 games, 110 games, 130. Well, like, here's the thing. With the bat, you take that 75 game, though, because – I. I'm 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 gonna ask Eric on that because I, I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't they play him? But if you take that 73 games and you do say, hey, what well, well, throw throw 145 up there? What do you think? And I think that ended up being a pretty decent projection. Yeah, I th- I think so too. I think I don't know how yeah they get to 75 games depth chart and the bat. Uh, I'm my I'm I'm feeling like he's gonna play at least a hundred, so I'm gonna go by what the steamer projection is for him, okay. which is 472 plate appearances, 16 home runs, six stolen bases, 266, 301, 428. I may regress the power a little bit. I don't know that I buy that he has that. I'm looking at Statcast numbers. Statcast numbers aren't bad. He's got a pretty much average launch angle for for Major League Baseball, but uh, three out uh, three miles an hour uh, over the uh, traditional exit velocity barrels up the ball well above the league average. So maybe 16 isn't a bad projection. So yeah, no, I'm I think I'm gonna go with uh, with that. I'm gonna go with Steamer's projection on him. 16 and six. Yeah, 16 and six, which isn't bad. Yeah, I'm looking again now at at, at a. Uh... A depth chart and i just don't see how he doesn't play first off uh the one i'm looking at it is ours here it, it's it's when vlad comes up okay but he's the second baseman vlad, vlad playing third shouldn't shouldn't impact it Brand, i know Devin travis is go? to the bench where he belongs mm, yeah see I, that's i think that's the problem is brandon drury you still have uh injury mcgee on that yeah, team. Yeah, Devin Travis. But yeah. haven't they been chatting up some outfield with him because of that? Well, I guess the, it's a little bit more a crowded of outfielders. I so I, I think Do they have any good ones though. Well, they don't have many good players period. So <laughs> like what are, what are we talking Roasting. about? So uh you know, and then if Bichette comes up at some point, then you're having, you know, to move other guys. I think that's where the confusion comes in. At what point it makes does, more sense now that I see it? Yeah. yeah at what point does uh, Guerrero come up? At what point does Bouchette come up? I know there's talk uh, that some people are a little scared that the, of the comments that the the organization has made. That well, we I'm don't not. know when these guys are coming up. They say that crap every year about yeah, these young guys. So I'm I, not I still zero percent worried about it. Yeah, I, I still think Guerrero's coming up in the second or third couple week weeks of April. Yeah. yeah so. Exactly. Uh, 
but then that that situation does become cloudy because what if Guriel struggles a little bit and Travis gets off to, you know, a good start or or sure. Drury is hot when they want to bring up Guerrero. You know, th- those are the the issues that can kind of pop up, and so I'm not totally surprised by kind of the the variety of projections we're getting. No, you're right. I just you're think right. that I, he played well enough; they're going to give him a shot, and they've I think they want to succeed. Exactly, they want him to su- succeed. They've given him some money, mm-hmm. um, so I think that that's something that they're going to want to do. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. That is part partly why I think his price is down at two fifteen because I was wondering why he was going so cheap because just because I thought the name value was going to keep him up there, but this makes a lot more sense. Guriel Jr. Already has second and short. If you want to jump in, not a bad player. There are other guys around here that are similar that I might I might be looking toward instead. But uh, I understand people want to invest. Uh, moving on, we're gonna get to the guy who who makes this moot now in, in just a moment. I moved him way up. His ADP was off the board. But now that Detroit is out for Marvin Gonzalez, we were we were kind of on it. Now they didn't sign Marwin, but. They got Marwin a player Jr. like that. Yeah. yeah, they got a player like that. So we weren't so far-fetched with that. But now that Detroit is out, that was the team that we kind of landed on. Uh, where the heck does Marwin Gonzalez go? The Angels? Oh, that'd be so perfect. But they're saying they're crying poor. They're saying they've spent all their money. Mm. That'd really work for them. I don't believe I really... that. Like, I, like, one, I don't believe that Sports. they're poor. Two, uh, I think that is a pretty perfect fit for him, especially having a guy like Cozart who can play multiple uh, positions. They can just move guys all around. Uh, assuming you're not on the page that would tell you this, um, on, on uh, Roto World. I'm not. When do you think the last Marwan Gonzalez news came out? What date? Oh, well, the way you've made that sound... Oh, I felt like there was like a him to the Braves talk back in like mid January. December twelfth. Oh wow! Is the last time that was the it news him to came the, out him to the Braves potentially? Was that it was one? actually the Padres? Mm. Well, I think that's the Braves out was now. very early. Yeah, I think the Braves was very early in um, in the off season. So there's just not chatter put. A place for him. That's why we put him on Detroit. We thought, hey, it's a team, you know, a, 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 a rebuilding team can kind of get a solid veteran presence who can play everywhere. So the as Phillies they bring is up, an interesting spot considering they're now they've now lost out. No Machado, Machado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they don't seem too enthused by uh, Franco anymore. Here's what's going to happen. First big injury. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, I mean, because it, I mean, I can pretty much almost say that universally too, because wherever the injury is, they'll either put, they could either put him right in it, Marwin Gonzalez, or switch one of their other guys over there and create an opening for Marwin. I got it. Yes. My San Francisco Giants. He can play, he can play left field until they trade like Joe Panic. Actually, he'll play two positions at once because you guys suck so bad. Yes. That he'll actually be he's gonna, two players he's at gonna, once. He's going to play left field and third base at the same time. He's getting eight at-bats a game, dude. That's going to be awesome. So, I'm tanking Marwin. Yeah. I, Here, I, here's a hypothetical. This, this isn't effectively wild, but this is a hypothetical. If a player did get to bat in two spots, and so he was a double player, where would you – Marwin – just take Marwin Gonzalez, and he was a double player. He got to bat twice in the lineup. Where would you take him in fantasy? I mean, you'd have to 
take him in the first round, right? I mean, we're talking about like like, like 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 let's just give him even on team just like sorry, your Giants or my Tigers. Like, again, you know, I'm not pretending that my Tigers aren't trash too, but it's a, it, it's a bum team. This is why it's happening. They get some special dispensation where they could play the guy twice. He bats he bats like second and sixth or something. I mean, it's hard because you have to. He's not like has to be a ghost runner for himself. So what what spots could he really do? Like two and seven or something? Yeah, yeah, two and seven I think works. Uh, I mean, he he would be like just let's look at like one of the projections for him. Well, I'll take. Uh, uh, let's see, one of the lower ones. Oh, take Steamer's projection. 17 home runs and 5 stolen bases. If we double that, it's 34 home runs, 10 stolen bases, <laughs> you 100 in, what, 10 uh, runs, 135. You're going to be getting tired. Let's You're just still talking about a guy who's 35 home runs, 100, 110. Like, that's he's, <laughs> he's at worst a second rounder, right? I mean, this is my whole argument on... If Otani comes back healthy as a pitcher next year, like he he's arguably the number one player in fantasy, because if you're talking about a guy who could potentially hit twenty to thirty home runs, mm-hmm. and then be a top fifteen pitcher, like especially in a daily moves league, like how is that not the best player in fantasy? Yeah, I I, I hear you. I hear you. He um, won't be. Trout will still be. But of course, I'll have every I will have like KDS of three and have every share of Otani next year if he's if he's healthy. And there's a lot of risk. And like we've talked about with guys like with Rich Hill and things, if you don't like to have at least one dream season, I hope we get at least one. It'll happen. It'll happen. And then the next year he'll completely like, you know, he'll blow out his UCL again or something or completely flub. Uh, or the the Angels will decide we're not going to have him as hitter anymore. And everybody will be so angry at him for so long. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just true. how things go. Yep. Uh, all right. So Marwin, we still don't really know. We're 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 trying to find spots for him, but uh... he's gonna sign somewhere. It of just, course, it's gonna be a pillow deal, which is uh, unfortunate because he deserves better than that. Uh, I know last year was a down season, but he'll get. But he rallied. He rallied yeah. and finished still as an above average bat. His second half, he had ten home plus. runs. Yeah, and uh, two seventy five. In what that's 193 at bats. That's like that's a pretty damn good. Because remember, the the second half is actually much shorter than the first half nowadays, since we're starting earlier and having the more days off. So it's it's no longer even close. Uh, like he 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 finished the year really really strong. He's gonna have multi positional eligibility. Uh, in every format, he's gonna first, second, shortstop, and left field. It's so good. So I mean, it's still so useful, even if he just kind of does what he did last year uh, for Marwin Gonzalez and kind of gives you the sixteen and sixty sixty with the runs ribbies. Two forty seven isn't great, but it's especially because you're kind of spotting him in too. You're mm-hmm. not you're not using the the full thing. It's just so nice well, to have that. He's piece gonna be a reserve player that can kind of fill in. If your guy's going the DL, if you know, like like I've mentioned in daily moves leagues, like you need to get guys like Marlon Gonzalez who has eligibility all over the place because there's going to be so many more days off, and you're going to need yep. these guys to fill, and it's just going to give you such a huge advantage in a daily moves league. So Marwin is a guy that like, I I want in my daily moves leagues, and, and really in in most formats as well. 
Yep, I, I'm still in on Marwin, and, and by now, because the price will go up once he lands somewhere, particularly if it is for an injury fill-in that suggests that he's going to get a major share of playing time. You know, if he goes, somebody, some second baseman gets hurt, breaks their leg, and th- that team signs Marwin, they're like, well, he's our second baseman now. You better believe that the 246 ADP is going to jump a bit. Um, all right, so now we will. Oh wait, we got one more before we get to the Tigers situation. Back-to-back good seasons from Jed Lauer. You already mentioned not getting really any love, uh, but the seasons have been pretty similar in terms of the OB. Uh, uh, I was going to say OBP. I meant to say WRC plus because they they've been very similar there. But the power has been vastly different. Fourteen and twenty-three homers. So the the makeup of the seasons to get to the 119 and 122 WRC pluses has been a little little different there. 49 doubles in one, 49-14 with the doubles homers, and then 37-23 with the doubles and homers last year. Which one are we getting this year in New York for Jed Lowry? Mm, I think we're probably getting... Cop out. Cop out. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to say in the middle. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that we're going to get in the middle of the two... I won't cop out. We're getting twenty. I don't I'll th- say it. No, okay. I, I'm not going to cop out, but I'm going to go the other way. We're, we're, I think we're getting like fourteen or fifteen. Ah, uh, okay. I, well, just, we, I don't see different? anything in the Statcast numbers that really jumps out to me as a huge reason to why we saw a jump. Because uh, he didn't have a seven percent homer to fly ball rate. He only he had an eleven percent, which is perfectly reasonable though. So if he just maintains yeah. an average homer to fly ball rate i think the the he's got a career seven percent though like it's you have a career seven percent i actually have a way less than career seven (laughs) i'm i am a line drive put the ball wherever i want kind of hitter i i do not in spite of the massive frame that makes all outfielders (laughs) back up uh i i do not have massive yeah i do not have massive power i'm definitely single uh, spray hitter uh what what, what's what's the dude's name that never gets a shot uh dh type over on seattle um dan vogelbach yeah i i am i'm the softball version of dan vogelbach that's amazing i cannot play defense and i even though i look like i should i do not hit for power Fair point on the fact that seven percent is his career. He does have he kind of vacillates really uh, between like five six percent and then spiking to the ten eleven percent for Jed Lowry. So it, it's yeah, weird. The last he time he's oh no no he did spike it again in two thousand fifteen. Oh and that's last year. So yeah. So we'll 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 see we'll see what happens with it. Uh, I just I, I like Jed Lowry a lot. The one thing I will say though. Injuries were always an issue throughout his mm-hmm. career, and now he's 35, coming on the heels of two 150-plus games. So I think that, that that part of the ageism that's playing into his price being super low. So that is a concern, but it's in the price. He's also had two straight seasons of 153 games played or more. So as much as I know he has been injury-prone, recency tells me that he has been healthy. Exactly. So is it something that sticks or does his previous history come come back to bottom? Either way, you're paying no, 256. There's already a report that he's dealing with knee soreness. There you go. So. But it's it's not it's not too bad to invest in because you're just not paying a premium for those 150 plus game seasons that we've seen out of Jed Lowry. He's going to add eligibility throughout the season, at least third base, which is, I believe where he started for opening day. Could even mess around and get some shortstop as well, and then all of a sudden he's a triple eligible uh, as Drupal Cabrera type going 25 picks after as Drupal Cabrera. So let's move on and let's talk about 
best in the world, Detroit Tigers. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned, for this conversation here, I'm moving Josh Harrison way up. His ADP is actually 500, but it's going to move up. It's because he had nowhere. Like No one thought he was going to go anywhere. I think it moves up 120 picks easily. easily. Like I, I think, you know, but which but isn't saying in a whole some, lot. In some drafts, people sort by ADP and they're just exactly. picking off the ADP. You're going to get a steal. He'll uh, be hit. On him. So he's a year removed from fantasy relevance. Last year was a bit of an injury riddled, kind of a lost season. That's why he ends up with a one year, two million dollar kind of make good deal. And hopefully he can play himself into something useful and maybe get a little two, three year deal next year for Josh Harrison. But what what do we see here? 16 and 12 in seven in twenty seventeen with the homers and stolen bases, just eight and three in ninety-seven games last year. Let's give him a modicum of health here and say he's going to get 100 and – well, here's the thing, too. He's only played over 131 games once, but now going to Detroit, why wouldn't he play every single day? So volume alone could be a major boon for Josh Harrison. But do you think we get a, a healthy, useful, multi-eligible season out of Josh Harrison? I think we do, and I think uh, we should see kind of a rebound in the average department. Again, one of these guys that – you know, career 313 BABIP had 286 BABIP last year. So you got to think that straightens out at least a little bit. And he's at least a 300 BABIP guy, which, you know, should give him a 265, 270 average in spite of, you know, moving to a, a stadium that isn't necessarily, you know, great for power. It, it's still better than PNC Park. <laughs> So not not hard to be though. Exactly. So difficult. Uh, I think the the Tigers are another one of those teams that will want to try to manufacture runs. So I think they'll let him steal bases, you know, here and there. And there is no reason to think that he isn't going to play every day in this uh, Tigers lineup, which you know isn't Giants bad, but it's not good. At least for the first uh, several months, right? He would then be a trade candidate if he pans out. Uh, Josh Harrison would become somebody that they could flip to at where he would likely become more of the utility player he's always been. But roster resource instantly put him atop the, t- the Tigers order. That second that base job again? should be, yes, uh, should be free and clear to be his. And uh, I-, I like the move. You know, we were talking the Marwin one up and I liked that. I obviously like this one because it's basically, like you said, a baby Marwin. So it's a much mm-hmm. cheaper iteration of what they would have done had they gotten Marwin. Now, is there a trickle-down effect? Because does Harrison's presence temper uh, the the Nico Goodrum interest? Assuming you had any, but but for those who did, uh, Ross Resource puts Goodrum out into the outfield. Do you think he holds holds the uh, left field spot instead now, or or does Harrison's presence curb some of that excitement for Goodrum? A deeply excitement, of course. Let's not get too I, too I out think of bounds it here. has to hamper it a little bit. I mean. Do we know that they're going to be willing to run him out every day in left field? I th- still think he'll be fine. Uh, I think that the steamer projection for him is pretty close to what I would kind of go with. Okay. 456 plate appearances, 13 home runs, 10 stolen bases. Uh, maybe they're, I think they're a little bit light on the average. They say 238 average. I think they're a little light there, but. I just don't have a ton of interest in Goodrum. 
necessarily. I think he is. I think people are really excited about him. I don't necessarily get why, but yeah, I'm with you. Like he's this is whatever. Um, I will say this that uh, that in season situation that I mentioned where Harrison would get dealt, Goodwin would likely be the benefactor as long as he's playing capably. I, then he, that second base spot would likely open back up for him, but that's way down the line right now. I think, I think he's more really interesting only... in Yahoo, where he would have eligibility everywhere, because he yeah. only got ten games at third, eleven games at short, and eighteen he's... games in the outfield. So we well, scored a run, so he got catcher eligibility. Don't oh, forget that, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. Score a run. So in, in Yahoo, he's really interesting because he's eligible everywhere. In your so standard, he's a yeah, in your standard leagues, he's only eligible at first, second, and then he'll get outfield at some point in season. And you ain't uh, putting him at first. Yeah, you're not. Or well, or a corner. Yeah, I don't think you're. I, first is I mean, bad. He's, but... he's a reserve guy, is what he is. Yeah, yeah that's, true, that's true. So he's just gonna fill in. It so yeah, so he's he in a Yahoo league where you've got a little bit more flexibility in terms of the eligibility. He's a really interesting guy to put on your bench in in a fifteen team league. Uh, in your standard formats, uh, ESPN or or NFBC, he's I don't know that he's necessarily draftable. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. He is very fast though, Nico Goodrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you sort seventy five opportunities, seventy five uh, competitive runs, as they call it, at minimum, uh, Nico Goodrum is twenty first in sprint speed, and there's a lot of ties. So if you're just saying like the X fastest, he's probably like the 13th 14th fastest just with a bunch of ties at several different the intervals is, there do they let him run batting six where roster resource has him yeah uh he because he's moving down the order he was probably in that one spot beforehand mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens with nico goodrum um i don't think that this completely undercuts him though because like i said they're bouncing him right out to left field and he should continue to play and and, and move around he and harrison can move around give guys days off so we'll see how that goes Next question. Is Starlin Castro super underrated? Because he's such an afterthought, and yet he's still putting up quality seasons. He was perfectly fine last year. But is he super underrated despite kind of having a bland fantasy profile? He's he's a free 600 plate appearances, so to speak, um, at, at pick 314. So is Starlin Castro super underrated? I don't know that I would call him super underrated. He's definitely underrated. And if we're talking from like a straight skills to ADP standpoint, he's definitely super underrated. But team context matters. And for as many uh, trade talks and rumors that we've had for everybody else that's been a Marlin and are now he gone. He just stays there. Like there is no talk that – like why isn't Starling Castro on the block? Because – all he needs to go, be going back to being a 20-home run hitter and being extremely underrated is a move to somewhere else out of that Anywhere. park. Yeah. Where? Like, I don't know why the Angels aren't calling on, on Starlin Castro uh, or, or a team of that elk because, like, he would fit perfectly into that second base slot there. And he, he's not I, – I know that they're saying they don't have a ton of money. He's only getting paid $11 million this year. You hate David Fletcher. You're no. just trying to replace David Fletcher I'm, I'm, so badly. He you know what's funny? in that LA traffic. Yeah, you, you, you weren't dealing with it. I, I guess I kind of hate him too because I don't even think – oh, I did put him on here. It's later and it's not uh, a prominent role on this uh, on this rundown. Moving on, will Adam Frazier build on his 2018 when he hit 10 homers and had a 116 WRC plus in 113 games for the Pirates? Adam Frazier, what do you think? I think he will. 
Uh, and I've been an, an Adam Frazier uh, sucker for, for a few number of years. <laughs> like, like at some time, at some point, they're going to give him some playing time. And this at least you're never paying big. Yeah, no, you're not. Uh, but, like, it just it, it never seems to all come together, whether it's not getting enough playing time. Like, Adam Frazier's got some speed to him. And uh, I don't know why they haven't given him a shot to do anything more than uh, just platoon. But I think while it looks like they're going to platoon him again, it, it also appears that he's going to hit out of the leadoff spot when he when he's hitting, and that's a, a really good sign. So uh, I like Frazier to kind of have his best season and maybe turn in like a, a 12-12 type of year okay. with a 270 average. It's just another one of these guys you're going to have to, you know, be careful with in terms of, especially in your weekly leagues, how many lefties is he going to face that week? Yeah. You yeah. know, is this the time to take him out of your lineup? So, uh, because he, he is probably, he is most likely going to platoon all season. But we are in deep league territory here. So, you know, a strong side platoon guy at the top of an order who showed some things last year, like Pittsburgh Adam Frazier. Would be, Pittsburgh would be a great Marwin Gonzalez location, too. That's true. That's true. Second in outfield already, eligibility-wise, for Frazier as well. Uh, moving on, does Machado's presence cut into Luis Urias's time at all? Absolutely not. Didn't think so either. What do you think of Urias? Uh, quick, quick thoughts on uh, on what you expect out of him after, you know, he had a little flash last year. Um, it was fifty-three games, or excuse me, fifty-three plate appearances, and the bottom line is is nothing 68 wrc plus like you're not gonna take anything from that uh but if you kind of this was one of those guys if you were watching some of the plate appearances you're like, yeah, this, guy, this guy knows what he's doing he wasn't overmatched at least i didn't see such but a tiny sample then he got hurt should have a clear role what can we expect out of uh louis Arias this year i think he's a guy who's gonna hit for average uh i don't know that i'm super enthused about his overall fantasy prospects. He's not necessarily a guy who uh, seemingly has a ton of speed. He's not yeah, slow by any measure, but not, he's not a burner. Like he's not, not a blazer, not a bopper. Like, so it's it's that middling. He probably could steal like six, seven, eight bases this year, hit like six, seven, eight home runs, but also like I, I completely believe in the hit tool. I think it is ready uh, it would not surprise me to see him hit 290 or 300. Uh, I'm not going to project that, but 275, 66 in terms of like, so it's not really a sexy profile in terms of fantasy for this season. Yeah. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that believe he's got more power and pop than uh, he's shown necessarily in the minor leagues. And he did show a little bit more in triple a, I don't know if it's major league game ready and what we saw in the short uh, sample. And like you said, a really, really short sample. So you don't necessarily want to be taking uh, too much from it was a, a uh, Yandy Diaz like uh, <laughs> launch angle and a 63% ground ball rate yes. uh, in Petco. So uh, I, I think there is going to be a lot of growing to do. And this is going to be one of those guys that, people invest in this year and then are feel burned by for, for whatever reason. Yes. And then next year is the year to really go and buy uh, uh, Urias. So 
could could be a year early on Luis Arias. Uh, so yeah, I like that. Is it Urias or Urias? I can never. I, I'm honestly, so I probably bad say with it different names. every time. Yeah. On uh, on Baseball Reference for Julio, it says Urias. O o r e e a h s. Urias. So okay. that's that's generally what I try to go with. Sometimes I kind of mix it up a little bit. But uh, as far as Luis goes on, on the Padres, Luis Urias, three sixty two. So you're not investing anything. So if that situation does play out where he is bland and you end up cutting him, don't run away from him next year because you're not getting burned. You're not paying anything for him. So you're not getting burned. Even if you paid his 296 min pick, he can't burn you from that. So don't hold this year against him if he doesn't quite come to fruition just yet. He's going to be like Joe Panic-ish. Yes, and I actually so. kind of like Joe Panic uh, batting average wise, so I, I agree with that that assessment on the uh, on the profile. All right, who's your favorite veteran gambler? You have to pick one. Sorry, Jason Kipnis, Ian Kinsler, who is his uh, teammate there, or Dustin Pedroia. I think it's Ian Kinsler, and I don't know that it's particularly close between those three. Uh, Kinsler is going to be most likely towards the top of that San Diego lineup that just got a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh. I know that he is in the twilight of his career, but he still had 14 home runs and 16 stolen bases last year. Yeah. Uh, so he's got pop. He still has speed. Uh, San Diego is a team that will run um, and probably let him run. So I think he that, doesn't strike out either. No, doesn't strike out at all. And he still walks, you know, seven and a half percent clip last year. I I like I've always liked Ian Kinsler. Me I will too. probably draft him. Uh, until the day he retires, and maybe a few years after that, just for nostalgia's <laughs> sake, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he and Kipnis have always kind of been linked. Like their 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 fantasy stock has always kind of uh, been similar. Even when they were at the top of the heap, it was they were a battle. And now when they're lower in the heap, they're a battle. And I'm with you though. I go Kinsler. I've I've never really gotten in on the Kipnis train, so I'm, I'm sticking with Kinsler it's here. About health too for me with between Pedroia is such a health Pedroia issue. Pedroia and, and Kipnis. So it's yep. it's if if I believe that one of these guys is going to get to 600 plate appearances, it's uh it's it's Kinsler, and I don't think that's close for me. Now, does mm-hmm. he do that? Probably not. No, but if you have to but, bet on one, if I'm, yeah, I'm going to uh, bet on one. They they signed him for a reason, and they didn't sign him to a one year deal. It was a two-year deal plus an option, so I think they're anticipating playing him. Uh, all you Tatis uh, 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 truthers, like he's not yeah. coming up until late this year. Like, do not pay for for Tatis in a redraft. I, I tend to agree with that, and even all our chatter about you know don't uh, get overblown on somebody who's blocked off. This isn't. A guy who's a thousand percent ready though and blocked no, off. He, it's, he, it's he showed somebody who some does real flaws last year in in his games. So he has some real work to do. He's at, twenty. Yeah, at the double and triple A level, uh, more than yeah. likely. So uh, that's Tatis uh, still striking out a lot. I agree with you though. I would not get in on that this year. The Machado thing only muddies it further in terms of where he's going to play with uh, Kinsler, Urias, and and Machado there in the infield. All right, next up is. Jeff McNeil, can he be fantasy relevant as a super utility? Remember, there's a lot of excitement about him kind of before the offseason really got going, and then seemingly every move they did further (laughs) undercut his playing time. Uh, But now a a change here, and maybe this is based on news because this is a change. Roster Resource used to have him on the bench with Ligaris starting. 
Now they're saying McNeil gets the front end of the left field platoon, which that's enough yeah, playing time to do some That was on uh, the manager was talking about, like, okay. the majority of days it's going to be a Nimmo, uh, McNeil, Conforto outfield. So I, I think that he is going to be playing. He's still, you know, if, I think all the – the moves that they made, he he's going extremely cheaply right now. So, oh my god, uh, so three twenty seven. Yeah, you get Jeff McNeil for free. So if you liked him in the preseason or the pre off season, I should say, but like before things really got going, you should love him now because he's free. I mean, he's nothing mm-hmm. price wise for Jeff McNeil. And all the projection systems are still saying, you know, three hundred, you know, to four hundred plate appearances. I think that feels low at this point. Uh, you know, Cespedes isn't supposed to be back until like late July or August. Who knows mm-hmm. if Conforto can stay healthy the whole season? I hope he does. I really, really hope he does. Well, and we just talked about Jed Lowry's health, mm-hmm. so he could get he could come back into the infield too. Je, uh, you know, Robinson Cano's thirty six. Like, there's they can there can be paths. Yeah, for me, there's plenty of paths on this team. I was uh, regularly comparing McNeil and Joey Wendell. There is no universe where I take Joey Wendell at his price when Jeff McNeil's available this late. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't be convinced that their profiles are that different. No, I and I agree with you. So I'm, I'm, I'll have a couple shares. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff McNeil, nice gamble there late. Uh, does Moose's present, Mike Moustakis, push Keston Hira to uh, midsummer at earliest as far as coming up with uh, Shaw and Moose himself getting some second base reps? Uh, because it used to be a hey, if he can beat out Spangenberg, so if he goes and mm-hmm. knocks at Triple A, then figured Spangenberg was the uh, placeholder. Exactly. Now that's not so so uh, sure, or not not only not sure, it's not it's not true. Um, it's it's Shaw and Moose at second, and so that puts Keston here a kind of it gives him f- free reign to go to Triple A. He hasn't even been to Triple A yet, right? And only seventy three games at Double A, and he wasn't excellent there he was he held his own 116 wrc plus but he didn't exactly rip up the league to the point where it's like oh we better get him up right away so they can take their time they can put him in triple a let him get several months basically are you even drafting keston here in redraft right now um given the situation of second base in milwaukee i am not i just i i mean outside of maybe your draft and hold leagues where you, you go 50 rounds or, or or more or whatever yeah uh it's i just don't think I want to use up one of my roster spots holding on to Hero because there is and this is hard because we, we talk about this all the time I, I made this mistake with with Ballinger and went there's no path to playing time like where is he going to mm-hmm. play and he forces himself on the field so could Hira do that sure uh, of course he could you know they could they could trade Shaw they could uh, you know there could be an injury that opens up things uh, you know, Jesus Aguilar could turn back into a pumpkin and they move Moustakis to first. Uh, who knows what the, uh, you know, what the scenario is. That being said, because he hasn't played at all at AAA, I think there is no shot that he's making the team out of camp. And yes. I think there are other better stashes of guys that are going to have a shot of making it out of camp or being up in, in, in mid-April uh, that I'd rather take a shot on. Yes, between Hira and Tatis, Hira is absolutely more in that Bellinger situation of like, he's super blocked, so don't get him. 
don't do that. Just be mindful, but that you should draft him in like an NFBC where you only have seven reserves, and that's all you've got. You can't really stash a Keston here. There obviously are formats where you can, and in that case, go ahead, absolutely do it. Um, you know, if you got like a, some of these leagues have like a one minor leaguer. Cool, I would make him my minor leaguer. That'd be that'd be wonderful. But in in the NFBC format, which is what we're primarily you know focused on here, I can't just take him right now. I keep him front center on my radar and keep it I, mm-hmm. I keep an eye on what he's doing at triple a but that's about the most i can do with keston here yeah, right now he's I like fully my first grab you. if someone gets hurt like if bingo if if shaw gets hurt if moustakis aguilar. gets hurt aguilar gets hurt this is a team that can move around braun gets hurt like this is a team that can move around pieces so if if somebody gets hurt He's definitely a guy that I'm just going to go grab and stash and hope that maybe he's the, the solution. The, the other issue is they've got other solutions on their bench. You know, Hernan Perez can play all over the place. Eric Thames uh, has shown the ability to play first day in the outfield. Uh, Gamble is uh, a, a very talented outfielder who is kind of just buried uh, since being traded there from Seattle. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a hard you know, but you'll know. Like we'll know if he's coming up uh, pretty quick. So if some if someone gets hurt, yeah, fully agree with that with regards to Keston here. Just keep him front of mind. Don't get uh, don't get too crazy with with drafting him right now, though. All right, next up is finding my sheet here. Ah, best deep league buy: Colton Wong, Eduardo Nunez, or Ben Zobrist. Mm, so we got a question yesterday about about Wong, and uh, I really like Wong as a player. He's a very, very good defensive player. I think he has pop and speed in that profile. He just has yet to unlock it. My biggest concern with Wong is what happens if Carpenter sucks at third, like is is just really, really bad at third base again, and they need to get him defensively somewhere else. There goes Colton Wong's position. Now they can throw him out into the outfield. It's just... I just that becomes a really muddled situation because their outfield situation is already kind of muddled. So I just have a fear that someone else's performance is going to affect his playing time. <laughs> exactly. So that's tough with with Colton Wong there. That being said, uh, I'm going to bank on the skills and I'm going to I'm going to go with Wong. Okay. I, I can get behind that. I mean, you know, his glove's really sharp. Mm-hmm. He's turned himself into a a gold glove caliber player for sure at second base and so that has value and we'll, we'll see what that does for him uh as far as the other two go you know Nunez is going to get you some going to get you some steals um <sighs> is he though because i mean he, he he he's he's a guy who has the ability to steal 40 plus bases but last year he got 500 plate appearances and stole seven Whew. That's brutal. Because and that like, just, it's team context. Like, for, like yep. do they want him to accidentally run into outs? And I don't know that the Red Sox, even if he gets full-time playing time, something happens to Pedroia, you know, they decide Devers needs to go back down and, and relearn how to, you know, do something. Uh, like, I don't see them giving him a green light. So, like, I think his cap is you know, 10 to 15 stolen bases. And are you willing to take what is potentially kind of a, a low, uh, well, I guess his batting average is decently safe. He hit 265 yeah. in a down year. So career 279. So, but that's still not, from that. yeah, I just, I don't think he has the upside that people expect from him. 
further speaks to the volatility of seals, which we've mentioned a few times on this episode here with regards to Eduardo Nunez. And Pedroia is going to get every opportunity to be the second baseman. So if he can have a modicum of health, that job is his, as they you would expect. They will put it. him out there in a full body cast if they, you know, just because they it, love it, him. As long well, as the he'll beard is exposed. Yes, he'll and he'll do it. You know, to to his credit, I know you kind of go against saying it's it's credit worthy because it can kind of hurt the team if you're playing her. But that guy's never begging off. You can never say that uh, Pedroia doesn't put everything on the line for his club. That's for sure. And as far as uh, Ben Zobris goes, it's just a he got back to a 305 average after a 232 the year before. He's gonna be 38. It's just so bland that. I, I would gonna play because I know, I know. They're <laughs> gonna give him time. And Joe Madden absolutely adores him. And I do too. I love I love Ben Silvers. I really do. You know, fun player. He's had a hell of a career. Uh, you know, kind of built it out of nowhere, uh, late mid twenties breakout and has become just a hell of a player and gonna end up with uh, you know, over fifteen hundred hits. He's the and, reason the Cubs can't afford anything. Well, then yeah, they're they're super poor. We should we should send them some money. I'll start a yes. GoFundMe for them. Uh, <laughs> will Chad Pinder find enough time to break out? And I mentioned breakout because he's getting some off season love here. Um, Mike Petriello, someone we we really like, love his stuff. He's done some some good stuff on Chad Pinder and, and the power that he showed last year. And uh, it's funny. I think I mentioned this on the show, but Pinder became a big uh, meme kind of in my stream. On my Twitch stream, because in MLB The Show, I used him in, in this one game mode where you have to draft players and you have to draft from every tier. So you're like, why, why would you have Chad Pinder? He's a, you know, a bronze level card. Like, well, you have to. And he just went off. I hit like eight homers with him in this run where you have to, it's called Battle Royale, where you try to win 12 games, uh, 12 three-inning games before you lose two. And he just absolutely went off. So we love Chad Pinder. I actually have a Chad Pinder jersey, so I'm in on this hype. I want this <laughs> to be a thing. Um, 46% hard contact rate, smacking the ball over the joint, did pop 13 homers, 15 the year before. So he's got 28 homers the last two years, kind of hidden. But... Does that playing time come to fruition for Chad Pinder? Uh, no. Oh. Yeah, I not... mean, I, I wish I could tell you something different, but I think he's a short side platoon guy. I agree with you. Yeah, and it, it's insane that, like, like we're talking about Chad Pinder and, and they're going to send Franklin Barreto back down. It just – I was – I got – Check the list. I oh. got you some time to talk about okay. your boy. Don't worry. Sorry. It's just that that's devastating to me. I know. Uh, you love Beretta. I, I made sure. I made sure he's on there. So focus on Pinder here. One thing I will say, though. But that's Bobby all I have Grossman to say about should, Pinder. <laughs> like, okay, but, but Grossman shouldn't be blocking anybody off. What about left field for Pinder? I think if if they're going to – I think well, I guess, yeah, I guess Pinder is the, is the guy – out who get god this is just so depressing yeah why is robbie grossman even on this team like I just, <laughs> like 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 this is a really good lineup and you go robbie grossman robbie Grossman sixth yeah. uh, like I, they the just thing, need a left-handed bat i guess and yeah because i was about to say he does have a platoon split pinder does he really has been more of a short side guy he doesn't hit uh righties particularly well he had a 713 ops against them last year and that's pretty bland, so we have to improve against righties to justify being an everyday player. But I do like him as kind of that AL only, uh, you know, 50 on draft and hold kind of stash type because he does have a couple positions with the outfield and second base for Chad Pinder. And as Mike Petriello um, 
you know, highlighted in that piece, he really does hit the ball hard. And so there could yeah. be something extra there if playing time came to be. But that jerks and pro far trade uh, really cuts him off. Marcus Simeon figuring out how to play shortstop I love really about him cuts is him off. Like how, how well he barrels the ball. Yes. So, I mean, he's got he had a 14.2% barrel rate last year. Uh, just for context, uh, 6.1 is is major league average. Oh, that's all that so over he, 2x. He really barrels. Yeah, he really barrels the ball uh when he when he makes contact and he, his exit velocity has steadily climbed uh you know the last few years. So, it's like there's reasons to believe in him, but he does struggle uh he he will platoon short side platoon, which is you know unfortunate for him. But I mean, Rob, yeah. like I said, Robbie Grossman doesn't even belong on this roster. Like there, there's, who knows if if you know he he completely disappoints if they just say, well, why don't we just give you a shot pinder? Uh, yeah, and, maybe and see what you can do. Something or he is you know a Steve Pierce ish kind of player that can yes. kind of come in and uh, be a really good DFS play or a deep uh, play. Took my thunder there. I was gonna say Chad Pinder, DFS God, and MLB the Show superstar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cap we'll cap it on that with Pinder there, but keep an eye on him for your super super deep leaguers. Uh, Franco Barreto. I, I said I'd give you some time. That, that that is your boy. Um, I know you prefer him. I know you love him. He doesn't have any sort of clear path right now, but this is definitely that kind of prospect who you say there is no path, and then things happen, and all of a sudden he's not that old. I think there's a little prospect fatigue on Franco. There's Barreto, a lot right? of prospect fatigue. because. He was in the Donaldson deal, right? He's basically the last salvo here for them to do anything with. He's going into his age 23 season. So talk to us about Barreto and why you like him and what you could really see from him if the time emerged. He has power. He has speed. Uh, he's a decent enough defensive player. He was supposed to be a shortstop, and uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Simeon's gains uh, at shortstop has kind of pushed him to second base where they just continuously blocked him. He just <laughs> needs a place to play. Uh, and it it's probably going to have to happen via trade. He he need they, they need to move him, you know, maybe for a starting pitcher. Uh, I don't I don't know what what they're what what they would necessarily want. Can for he him. catch? They have Josh freaking oh, Fegley I there. I wish I wish he could catch because he would be an amazing catcher. <laughs> um, Fan, yeah, fantasy catcher for uh, Franklin Barreto. If you want to talk about short side platoon, Josh Fegley is the ultimate, and that's their catcher going into the season. Mm-hmm. They need to figure that out for sure. Well, um, maybe they trade Barreto for a catcher. There we go. I just figured it out. Where? Like Barreto and Pinder for a catcher, and then it's to a team Barreto and Pinder can be full timers, and we're both happy. I I mean, I would love that. Why don't you like? uh, Who's got a surplus of catcher? Literally nobody. Dodgers. Oh yeah, you're right. They do because they have all those. But what the hell do they want with uh, Barreto and Pinder? Like. No offense to those guys. We just talked about them up, but that the Dodgers have those kind of guys in yeah. spades. They can't uh, play their own players right now. The Padres. Trade okay. Hedges. Or for Hedges or Mejia. Yeah. Um, they love trading with the Padres. The A's and Padres trade like six times a year. Yeah. The 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 Nationals have two decent catchers. I think they really want to run that. Yeah, I, I know they do. So, uh, so it's yeah. hard. But um, Barreto, you know, you're, you're saying stick with them. 465 ADP, by the way, as ooh, far as ooh, the Giants. Goes. Trade them to the Giants. Oh, there you go. You guys can have Nick Hunley. There you go. We're all set. Uh, 452 ADP for Pinder, 466 for Barreto. Very cheap. 
very deep league sort of situation there. Yeah, but keep fifty their, round draft and hold. I, I would yeah, all, say, all of these guys yeah. that we got. You know, we got a few more guys to talk about here. They we're, we're super deep league, so I don't. I shouldn't even repeat that because it's obvious at this point. Any breakouts here? Any anybody that you're dreaming on between Joe Panic, Devin Travis, maybe as an outfielder, or David Fletcher? I know it's not Fletcher. You hate that guy. Uh, if if there is one here that makes any sense of taking a gamble on panic panic it's david fletcher i guess i hate you so much (laughs) you ruin all my dreams i mean there's a path to playing time it's a decent lineup uh he's (laughs) he basically is joe panic though like i love panic for his batting average that's exactly what david fletcher does so and i think that the angels are going to address this spot at some point uh so i'm you've given them plenty of options already so there's there's no reason to think that Fletcher is the starting second baseman to start the year. They also have what Jamani Jones in mm-hmm. in triple. I want to say he's in triple A. I could be wrong. Got to be in triple A. I'm um, fairly certain that one. So even if he's in double A, he could skip triple A, and he he would be a, a really good option for them. So uh, I don't think that Fletcher has the full reign at that position. Uh, you know, by June anyway. So. Uh, I'm, I'm not investing in any of these guys, though. Panic is such a blah option. And, yeah, he's had issues staying healthy. Uh, I, 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 he, he is really fun to kind of go crazy about because his name is Panic. Like, so when he hits a home run, it, it's a fun thing yeah. to tweet out. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like, he, he's had real issues staying on the field. Uh, many years ago, someone from within the organization uh, told me they were super worried about his back long-term. Oh, panics. Yeah. Uh, oh, no wonder I like him so much. I got a garbage back too. We can, we can commiserate together. So yeah, I just, and there's just, it's such a capped upside. We're talking about a guy who you're right in two seasons of 500 plus play, play appearance, his hit 10 home runs. Like that's that, that 10, that ten, the ten home runs that he's hit in those two seasons with like a three fifteen is kind of the real upside there. Like mm-hmm. it could really go off and go three fifteen ten. Sweet. Uh, by the way, you said Jamani Jones. It's Jamai Jones. I think no. Jamani Jones is an actual football player. Yeah. Just for the correction there. But yeah, it's Jamai Jones, and uh, he hasn't reached Triple A, so I did have that wrong. But he did hit the fall league last year, which is kind of a finishing school anyway. So he's gonna be twenty one. He won't need much time at Triple A. To your point, he's gonna kind of be there. At the ready, and he's got some um, speed. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that is correct. He's not like a super high up prospect. Uh, Eighty seven steals in sixteen fifteen sixteen hundred fifteen yeah. plate appearances. So, so. Like he he could he could be a real interesting guy just because he's fast. Yep, that's Jamai Jones, a a deep 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 prospect for the Angels. Uh, better raised bet, Daniel Robertson or the aforementioned Brandon Lowe. Hmm. I'm going to – if healthy, it's Robertson, I think. Oh, wait. It's Brandon Lau and Nathaniel Lowe. Fuck. I never get these two right. <laughs> I'm not even so going to try. I'm just going to always call them Lowe because I think Lau sounds stupid anyways. It's, it's ridiculous. So Brandon Lau, sorry. Uh, sorry, I, I totally missed what you said because I was focused on that. So who do you like better? I, th- I think I like Robertson if he's healthy. Yeah, me so, too. The question is I don't know if he's going to be. I, uh, I, I think he's got some sneak – side too i i I don't want you know i think there's a little like 
fifteen eight two eighty kind of vibe there yeah. from Daniel Robertson, which is you know kind of intriguing in the realm that we're discussing here. People uh, forget he Brandon was like Powell, a top prospect too. Like he was a big prospect yeah. with the uh, A's, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So meanwhile, you know Brandon Lau needs to get to the courthouse and change his name because fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> anyone else? Yeah, that, that's uh, it's open now. We, we we've come to the point, you know. Um, you mentioned even some of these guys like a Nick Solak, Christian Arroyo, Logan Forsythe. I thought he was still like the – but with Scope, is, I don't even know if he's on the Twins anymore, uh, Forsythe. So I don't know if he has a team. Shed Long is somebody who's interesting in season for Seattle. He was tra- in that trade from Cincinnati. Uh, Ison Diaz could come up to Miami and get a lot of playing time if they move. So, so it's a lot of like – solid but unspectacular prospects or like a howie kendrick nl only any of these guys that you care about that you're like hey i've been targeting him in 50 round drafting holds uh daniel descalso okay talk I to us i just think he could be that uh that kind of multi you know position uh guy for you know the josh harrison's or, or the marwin gonzalez for the cubs and didn't it, he throw some pop-up last year yeah he hit 13 home runs in 138 games uh, with 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 uh, uh, Diamondbacks, they gave him a two year deal plus an option. So like this will, I think he's gonna play some second base early on in the season. And um and I think if Zobris breaks down or they have other injuries, that he's kind of gonna be this stopgap for their team. So okay. uh, a guy who's gonna have multi position eligibility and potentially get to three, four hundred plate appearances in a pretty stacked lineup, I think has value. And he doubled his barrel rate last year to ten percent for Daniel Descalso, so that some of that punch uh was viable, you know, a little bit older at thirty two, so he's been around for a minute, but uh but he's getting some of that late career pop. Daniel Descalso might be somebody you look at. Uh, I like him as uh always a cheap option in DFS too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these he's guys starting and yeah. Yeah, you say, oh, let me give the shot. He's batting first. He's super cheap. I can now get Trout and Judge or something mm-hmm. like that because he's so cheap. So, um, okay, that's going to wrap it up for second baseman. Hopefully we covered everyone that you guys are interested in. If I missed anybody glaring like I did with uh, with Josh Bell, definitely let me know. Some of the guys, if I did miss and you're like, oh, I'm going to nail him to the wall because you missed this guy, make sure they don't have dual eligibility because then we either got to them elsewhere or we'll get to them somewhere. So second base only, guys that I missed hit me up on Twitter at Spore and, and we'll cover them. But I think I did pretty well on this one. Justin, next week, what do you want to talk? What do you want to do? You want to start outfielders? We're going to do like 12 episodes on outfielders. Yeah, let's be we should probably get rolling on outfield because we're, we're done with the infield, right? I think that's it. Yeah. So we just have outfielders and, starting and then pitchers. pitching. So and which pitching we might be, need, yeah. might need a special guest for that one. We might need a number of special guests for that one. We, I think. We, I think that's a good point. So I think we're going to do that. So we got plenty of stuff planned for those two positions. Those are obviously the biggies, um, and so they're going to they're going to need a lot of coverage there. And uh, well, we we'll got be back plenty next of time. Week. We're not. Oh, know, we do. I mean, so hey, we're going to talk some strategy. Uh, we're going to have some guests on. Got guests coming. We need to start. If, if you have uh, suggestions for guests, like throw them up on Twitter or in the uh, sleeper in the bus Facebook uh, discussion group. If if there's someone that we haven't talked to. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll get Joe Pizapia on two or three more times. Yes, at least, minimum. <laughs> uh, I'm looking right now uh, at our list that we've talked about, and we've got, we've got some exciting guests coming up, and I do think we can mix in some of these guys for certain positions uh, as well. And so, yeah, 
we'll once we get the dates locked and loaded, we'll start to preview them on the show. But for now, uh, we'll just kind of uh, you know tease them as coming, but uh, we don't know exactly when. So, Justin, good talking with you, and I'll, I'll catch up with you again next week. <laughs>